0: Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play.
1: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate... Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of Cyberpunk.
0: I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting.
1: And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives.
0: Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future.
1: We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, tunes, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Feels good to kind of be back into our normal flow of things. Talking more noosa. While I'm totally excited about Phantom Liberty coming out, that's still a couple months away, so let's get back to our core.
0: I don't I don't work on my core very often, so I don't I'm on with that one.
1: Mm. Yeah, mine's a little pudgy right now too. So let's fill it with even more information. Yay. Whoa.
0: <laughs> so I mean as you can imagine, uh in the world of Cyberpunk, um the US is kind of the most prominent location. Um, I can't... I mean, I would love to get more information about all the other places, but of course it's going to be the most fleshed out. That's just kind of how it is, especially when the main place is in California. So, it just makes sense. So, we have a part two Tanusa, because there's just so much shit.
1: <laughs> but it's good shit. It's shit that we should know.
0: See, so you... S- it's true it's shit that we should know. I wouldn't call it good shit, and once we start talking about it, you'll see why, okay, maybe the latter half. We'll get to the good shit in the latter half first, we're gonna start with the economy
1: Yay. You know, yeah
0: yeah, <laughs> so much exciting um so the United states um and this is in uh this is when we're talking about it, we're talking about the cyberpunk um, stuff. Um, even though a lot of this will probably be applicable to the U S as well um, in, in real life. Um, so the United States, much like in the re- our real life has a mixed capitalist economy. Uh, globalization has resulted in an interconnected global economy on a larger scale. The economy is more controlled than before the collapse with increased bureaucracy resulting from both international trade and interstate trade with the resurgence of states' rights. we talked about that. We've had that big push for states' right, rights in the, la- the last episode. How after uh, things, the Gang of Four kind of ruined everything, um, the states kind of pushed and became more independent on themselves. Uh, roughly 30% of the GMP, or the Gross National Product, It is absorbed into the black market. Not all trading is illegal, but it is considered gray when the goods and services are traded outside of taxed channels.
1: Yeah, And
0: that doesn't sound... Avoiding taxes, that doesn't sound familiar at all. Man, it really is a dark universe in Cyberpunk.
1: Tax evasion
0: who? Yeah, man, never heard of that. Um, 20% of the global economy is based on the exchange of information and entertainment.
1: Now, by 2020, American industry is primarily divided into the manufacturing, technology, and service industries. All right. Manufacturing industry has returned due to the low standard of living in America, along with the lack of labor unions. The cyberware, nanotech, and biological industries within the technological sector are the highest profit businesses in the American economy, which makes sense because they are some of the more expensive items and so therefore probably more profitable.
0: Well, it's also mostly most of those things are taken care of by the corporations, which are going to absolutely... um Obviously, this isn't correct financial info, but they're going to make a cyber arm for $5 and then sell it for, like, 2000
1: Right. The crash of the World Stock Exchange in '94 and the troubles of the World Bank meant that the United States had no one to borrow money from to pay off its extremely high national debt. Federal bonds were cashed in so fast that the U.S. government could not print money fast enough, and the value of the dollar plummeted. Well, that'll do it.
0: I'm wondering if maybe you should have started with a con- like a content warning that like some of the stuff might ma- remind you of current day situations and just might cause depressed moments because sometimes i feel like that whenever i hear about the modern political and economic scene
1: yeah but it's cyberpunk yeah the entire series has a content warning
0: you are right you are absolutely right rated m from a chair uh so um speaking of those fancy technologies uh that the u.s is oh so well known for the United States has been responsible for many technological innovations throughout the cyber age. The first arcology, this is a new word for me. And it is the concept of, uh, basically built or putting a large like population into a centralized vertical, uh, very specifically like vertical structure or, also known as a mega building.
1: Okay. So, like, when I think of an apartment complex, it's a little bit more sprawled out, you know. You've got, it's a whole-ass complex where you can have them be really tall, but they're also generally uh, several floors, but then you can have, like, 50 apartments on one floor, and it goes out and sprawls out. So this is more of a... Let's turn a skyscraper into an apartment complex.:
0: uh, Yeah, so um, there's a couple like definitions here, and I'll just actually read it out. Um, so a, conce- arcology, a concept of architectural design in which an ideal city is contained within, within one immense vertical structure, thereby reducing wasteful consumption and preserving the natural surroundings.
1: Oh, so the entire city is contained within the building. So there's going to be grocery stores and other things like that, forms of entertainment, all within one building.
0: Yeah. So like it, within the mega building, if you like remember V's mega building, not only is it like the place where the apartments are at, but there are like a several food stalls. There's the weapons shop. There's like uh. You know, there's several different like shops and things or whatever. Basically, you can sustain a lifestyle just within it, is the idea of it. Um, And the other thing for definition is that it's generally, the design principle is for a very dense population and low-impact human habitats. So, like, yeah, you're supposed to reduce... It's supposed to reduce the, the waste, which I guess in Cyberpunk, well... I still don't think it helped that much.
1: (laughs) But I could also see it that if I just have to take an elevator to get to the store rather than traveling, you know, like 15 minutes on the bus or, you know, traveling by car and using fuel and everything that goes along with that. I can see how this in theory would work.
0: Yeah, because if I, I don't know if it actually tells us exactly, but like, what are we? What is, what? What mega building is V's?
1: Four or eight?
0: I don't think it's four. Eight. Westbrook Japantown? This one about right. If it tells me how many floors there are, that's what I really want to know. Oh. Fifty-five is the roof. So there's fifty-five floors, which I guess isn't as no, never mind. This is the one that's in That's the That's the one with clouds in it. Is it ten? Eighty? Wait, we no, it's just not. Damn about it. this. I don't know. Last week. Oh well, it's whatever. But I'm—I was trying to find just how many stories there are. Um, so I guess it de- depends. So, but yeah, it's—I mean, if I remember, maybe the one in uh what is it, the dread movie or whatever? I believe that thing was like a couple hundred stories. So very tall.
1: Uh, V's apartment is in mega building 10 in little china watson
0: well then i don't know how many floors is on it because it only mentioned a couple oh well
1: yeah no it doesn't but okay we know that they are huge ass buildings
0: yeah right. but anyways on the point of that uh the first uh mega building was constructed in jersey city in 1991 so actually way like way back um In that same year, the first artificial muscle fiber was developed at Stanford Research Center and Biotechnica developed CHU-2, the predominant fuel for the next century. Cyberlimbs were fully adopted by the U.S. military in 2006. And a year later, Braindance was developed at UC Santa Cruz. So, tons of breakthroughs as far as things that are what commonplace in cyberpunk by 2077.
1: Crazy to think that it started that long ago. Uh, even in today's standards. Ninety one and two oh six were forever ago. But by two thousand and one, the United States played a role in the foundation of the World Sat Communications Network. By twenty thirteen, the US was instrumental with the formation of Netwatch with the eec and that same year the united states was host to the formation of the first true artificial intelligence created by microtech at sunnyvale uh my buffy brain was like sunnydale
0: i was about to say that (laughs) i was like i was like i bet your brain just said sunnydale didn't
1: it (laughs) it did but that is a v sunny veil and i don't i would freak out if there was ai in the hell in the hellmouth. that is not a good combo
0: yeah you're right that'd be real bad um but anyways moving on to uh just the typical um wealth of of the population um Post-collapse America has a two-tiered economy and an extremely small and shrinking middle class. By 2020, the United States had one of the highest levels of income inequality in the world. With 90% of the wealth controlled by 10% of the population.
1: In the cyberpunk universe.
0: That's what I'm saying. (laughs) In cyberpunk. Yeah, because it's not 10% in actual world. It's 1%. Uh, I mean, what? Sorry. <laughs> Am I wrong? It's the 1%, not the 10 At least they had, like, a chunk. At least there was a decent Aww. amount of people in that group. Ours doesn't. We got, like, three fucking people. Um, these 10% make up the ultra-wealthy. 15% make up the middle class, around 30 million people, which that's... That is very small for what I would imagine for a middle class. Uh, 10% are on the poverty line and 65% live in squalid misery and third world conditions. You see why I told you it wasn't the good information?
1: Yeah. Like if you told me we were at 10% at the poverty line, I'm like, that's amazing. We're doing great.
0: Except when 65% is below it. Yeah. Uh, This is in stark contrast to Europe and parts of Asia, in which 40% of the population is considered middle class. Wow.
1: Insanity. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. By 1990, roughly 30% of the citizens were receiving some form of government assistance. The collapse saw the end to all All social programs in America. Including, but not limited to, Medicare, Medicaid, food stamps, welfare, unemployment benefits, subsidies, and price controls. Yeah. That is what is causing that 65% to be living in misery.
0: Yep. So this is, uh, I guess... It's, uh we'll actually get to see kind of what the difference is for the money. Although some of this is going to be a little bit dated in terms of like currency exchange. I thought about doing the math and then was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to start with that. So I didn't, but maybe I'll figure it out and put it in a screen sheet ne- next week. Uh, but the average salary reported in 2018 was 4,000 eddies a year. Not including zeros, uh, meaning people without state identification numbers, or parts of the corporate payroll. AI assessments place the actual statistic somewhat lower, at 3,200 eddies a year. The average corporate salary fell at about 6,000 per year. Benefits and perks added about 2,000 to this figure. The average nomad receives roughly 3,000 of in kind goods and services. And the average government salary is about five thousand. So obviously these number like the price of the Eddie is worth significantly more compared to the price of like the modern day dollar.
1: Right. Because I'm like four grand a year that whoa.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I say roughly maybe you could say I don't even want to say ten, like times like eight? would put it about equivalent to like if we were thinking modern day terms maybe less
1: i don't know yeah i def- i we, we should do the math on this because that would be interesting especially because this is 2018 and uh by 2077 i feel like things could have i mean things drastically change again because you know we've got the time of the red and mm-hmm. how does the the fourth corporate war kind of affect how much the euro the eddy is worth uh i think that it's yeah it's got to be different because i would i wouldn't buy a $5 bottle of water if i am only making 4 grand a year yeah like that pricing to me basing it off of 2077 like Buying from a food stall or whatever,
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah. That's why I was saying if you were to put it in like modern day, like I think I think ten, like putting it times ten is too much. So like, is even putting it maybe I think times five might be worth. Because if you did like times ten on thirty two hundred, that'd be like thirty two thousand a year, which is like depending on conditions and stuff you put for yourself or whatever, like it's livable. That's about what I make a year. Um so like half of that, if you were to make sixteen thousand a year, would be real like you could probably manage in terrible conditions and it wouldn't be great, which is what it sounds like. Right. So like be equivalent to making like sixteen to twenty a thousand a year.
1: Now 16000 a year when I was a teenager still kind of living at home and not really paying rent. Yeah. Oh, been of that would have great. Right. But nowadays, no. Okay. Now, while the average salary has decreased, the purchasing power of the average American has remained relatively constant since the 1990s. So we like to spend even what we don't have. Mm-hmm the purchasing power of the euro dollar is approximately twice the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar, which is comparable to the Japanese the Japanese yen. Making 200 eddies a week is, a, is comparable to making $400 in 1990 U.S. dollars a week. Okay, so about half. All right.
0: Yeah. So which is why I'm like saying like, It's a little off because, like, in terms of how much $400 a week would get you in 1990 as opposed to now.
1: Now, a loaf of bread would cost a dollar in 1990 U.S. dollars. And that had been replaced with the kibble bar, which itself cost half a euro dollar in 2020 Eddie's many american businesses only accept the euro dollar as a form of payment yeah so because yeah the dollar is kind of
0: useless it, yeah it sucks um and the euro dollar took over the world uh, i guess except for like i guess japan um the cost of living space in urban areas is at a premium though so while you can still get uh bang for your buck for food wise um it's not the same for living spaces. The development of the mallplex and arcology style communities has drastically increased the population density of urban centers. Extremely cheap apartments go for r- roughly 600 eddies a month unfurnished, uh, which, if you're putting that to what, 200 a week. So, in order to afford an apartment, at like the lowest of the low apartment, that's three weeks of your monthly salary in order to pay for it.
1: Yeah. And still, 600 eddies times 12 months, that's 7200 a year. And if you're only making three grand a year, you can't afford it. Yeah.
0: Soundproof apartments cost 200 eddies more. So if you want to spend your entire monthly salary on a soundproof apartment um, and then starve to death, you can starve to death in silence at least, or no one will hear you. Uh, Cube-style apartments with fold-out furniture and built-in appliances run for about 1200 a month. Living in a combat zone halves these prices, so you want to be upon risk of death, you could actually save some money. Uh Maybe. Uh, real apartments are out of reach for the majority of Americans, usually requiring a five thousand eighty deposit and costing 2,500 eddie a month. Listen, this is like corporate. Like, cor- corpos would be able to afford this, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, as such, subsidized corporate housing comprises the vast majority of people who are able to afford a decent furnished apartment in 2020 an average 3 bedroom 2 bathroom house costs 850,000
1: Eddie right god how
0: many years is that how many years is that for the 3200 265 <laughs> you couldn't afford that in your lifetime
1: maybe your Nobu could
0: that's what but I'm saying like for the av- like for the typical uh citizen you could I don't know, if you saved every dollar you had and still managed to live 100 years, you could have, like, four generations down, maybe, could could afford a house like that. Damn.
1: All right. Examples of corporate statism in America are largely relegated to the corp zones in major cities and research arcologies. It remains illegal for corporations to utilize their own currencies. However, American employment laws allow for 30% of salary to be paid in marks within company
0: stores. I guess corporate credit basically.
1: Yeah, I could see that that, you know, like oh, if you pay in marks, the buying that loaf of bread or buying that bag of kibble is cheaper. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I mean, we get part of that as like the corporate benefits and stuff that we see. I mean, obviously, like trauma team coverage, uh, housing that corp corps normally pay for, which was a thing we figured out, um, in our in our red game, um, because if you think about cyberpunk, right, I bet the last type of living situation that pops into your head is a suburb. Yeah. No. Like a typical modern day suburb. That's what Beaver Beaverville housing is. Mm. So like in Cyberpunk Red, if you get a high enough level in like Exec, I think it's like Exec Six, you get Beaverville housing, which is just a suburb. And we realized that, and our minds were blown because that like the concept of a modern day suburb existing in in 2045. Blue, blue, like No one thinks of that. But apparently that's what it is.
1: You know, there's a little district that uh, I associate with the Sixth Street Gang that were the Flamingos, the Flamingo Quest. Mm-hmm. Like, that to me kind of seems a little suburban. You know, there's streets, there's houses, little cul-de-sacs, things like that.
0: Yeah, but like, Instead of, I guess, that, but you can see, like, how run down it is still, yeah. I guess. Imagine, like, imagine where Leslie was taken an Angel. Mm-hmm. That's where the corpse live. Except they don't have torture demons in the basement. Lindsay. 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 I was like. His name's Lindsay. Not Leslie. My bad. But still, I was just like, this is crazy. That's crazy to think of. It just blows my mind that a place like that
1: exists. Yeah. <laughs> in
0: cyberpunk
1: especially looking good to where you'd want to pay good money for it but yeah uh
0: information exchanges like the most prominent thing um in apparently as far as like the economy goes and this is where it gets like real scary jen i'm gonna be straight honest this is terrifying um i don't have to read the scary part yet but still uh People now live in an era of information. It differs from the pre-collapse in the area of freedom. Before 1994, the amount of information offered to the average citizen was staggering. Almost any type could be accessed by the use of public libraries, universities, and information services. Many of these systems were free, and so income was not a limiting factor in this. Today, information is treated as a valuable commodity. Corporations and governments pay other corporations and governments for access to their data banks.
1: Yeah. Uh, Please, uh, what is it? Uh, I did not agree for my information to be sold to third party vendors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you use third party applications that are, are like applications that do that, be careful. Just so you know, because the government pays to get that information and it can sometimes be incriminating.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, meanwhile, the average citizen is usually only exposed to headlines and snippets of information. Add to add this to the fact that most information freely distributed at the consumer level is dripping with propaganda and disinformation. So at the consumer level, America is made up of citizens who feel informed, even though the vast majority of their information is manufactured and falsified. Almost all programming is a conglomeration of styles called infomercialtainment, which are long commercials with the purpose to inform or entertain. Mm -hmm
0: yeah (laughs) that's 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 the scary part right there
1: when did mike pondsmith write this information and how could this man see so far into the future
0: yeah i like like mike pondsmith over here on some like simpsons level like predicting right of the future Mm. it was crazy uh Well, as of 2020, the media so permeates the world that fully 20% of the global economy is based on the exchange of information and entertainment. 20%, a fifth, of the global economy is this. At the top of the spectrum are the massive corporations, and in the middle are the lost revolutionaries, the cyberpunks they must constantly struggle to delineate the kernel of truth from the chaff of falsehoods. Uh, they can afford a few different, uh, they can afford a few different news feeds. They check stories against rival networks. Some have the capital to get an account with InfoComp, uh, for, which sells the real and unedited information on the occasions that warrant further investigation. Truth is always available, but the price of truth has been raised exponentially.
1: I have a friend who is a reporter, uh, like legit journalist, went to school for it and everything, and I would love to get his take on all this stuff.
0: You're talking
1: about N7? hmm Yeah we
0: we'll just, we'll just pull him on we we'll get him for an episode just ask him how he feels about this in particular <laughs> let's talk about something i guess a bit more lighthearted, as far as infrastructure
1: uh yeah let's get this podcast moving forward and talk about transportation
0: Man, something just came up. I gotta...
1: (laughs) You've gotta roll on out of here.
0: Okay. I'm actually leaving? I'm actually... (laughs) I'm
1: I'm walking
0: out my office.
1: American transportation is built around major metropolitan areas surrounded by relatively empty, deserted ghost towns and wilderness, a.k.a. the Badlands. Now, the civil strife of the collapse prevented any new revolutions in mass transit from taking place. And there is very little non-direct mass transit. Completed in 2008 by the military, the Maglev bullet train runs underground across the nation and connects coast to coast. And is now operated by PlaneTran Company. It's P L O. Planetran? P L Planetran probably. P L A N E T R A N.
0: Well, the extremely high cost of jet fuel means that flights are largely regional, such as from Night City to Seattle. So not very far. The longer flights are handled by luxury airships known as dirigible liners. For the rich, naturally. Cars, buses, subways, and shuttles are typically used within cities themselves, and travel outside of them is usually too dangerous or lacking the necessary infrastructure.
1: Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if I needed to travel outside of Night City, I think I would hire nomads. Like, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. try and catch a greyhound.
0: Yeah, because there's like... I mean, what? There's roads... But like as far as like twenty seventy seven goes, what is it? That's it. There's like nothing else besides like roads, or like yeah, aerial travel.
1: The United States Department of Energy regulates all aspects of power generation and brokers power between states. The DOE operates the Energy Management Cooperative, a privatized monopoly similar to the Postal Service of the pre-collapse. The EMC is traded on the big boards of the stock exchanges and citizens can make a quick dollar trading energy futures without high risk after the dust bowls and acid rains
0: of the 1990s the power industry was able to make a smooth transition from coal-fired generators to a hydrogen-fired refit cutting costs and reducing environmental damage hey that's nice We appreciate that, at least, right?
1: Very much so, yes.
0: Um, As for the water supply, uh, virulent bioplagues and the mass graves of the collapse have ruined almost all natural groundwater in the continental United States.
1: And there we go back to not good. (laughs) We're still
0: in Cyberpunk. We're still here. We did. We we, we stayed there. Mm. We know they got wind farms, too. Mm -hmm. um nothing specifically said on that i think for nothing specifically said in here for that but like we know in 2077 at least like i mean there's the whole there's all the granted some of those like they don't look maintained right but some of them are still operational so there was a point during like probably from 2020 to 2077 where they were like let's like try to be a little bit more economic or Ecological? Yeah. Uh, with with our energy here. so
1: I think this is a good little spot for us to take our mid-break uh, where we will listen to sponsors of the show and then shout out our patrons and then we'll get back into it and talk about some of the more light-hearted, fun stuff, hopefully. I see that we're going to be hitting the culture and philosophy and all of the Nice American things. Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about the show and not the lore of cyberpunk. We don't have any new reviews to read out and we don't have any new patrons to announce, so please come interact with me on the internet. I need your likes to support my life. Keeps my heart going without it i'm cold and dead inside
0: hey well you know we didn't get an official apple podcast review but you know i'll give uh i'll give a quick thank you to to green wicked ranger in the discord um who whenever they were they were talking about their their cyberpunk character that they made with the the companion app um to which I responded, and then they responded saying, thanks, and by the way you and Jin are doing amazing in the Cyberpunk lore cast so, not an official review but I appreciate it, we appreciate it, nonetheless Uh, so, give you a shout out right here for that, and a thank you
1: aw, yes, thank you very much for that All right, my heart will continue beating for another week we're good
0: You saved Jin's life, Green Wicked Ranger. How does that make you feel?
1: You can also head over to fanrolldice.com, F A N R O L L D I C E, and use the code CPLC Cyberpunk Lore Cast at checkout to get 10% off of your entire order. But good news, you can also stack it with the almighty Crit Gang code of A L L M I G H T Y C 1 0, and that will get you an additional. 10% off. It's 20% off of all of your dice needs. FanRollDice.com I don't think I have anything else to add to this, so let's get back into it.
0: Um, as Jin said, we're going to talk more about the culture of, of the new United States, and less about the, the very, very sad economy. And hopefully it'll be nicer. So, uh, as for the food situation, since the collapse, America has regained the power to feed itself. 70% of all food on the market is kibble, a slang term for all manufactured foods of varying quality. Kibble itself is also one of the almost 20 manufactured foods that make up the majority of the American diet. Developed by Purina Foods for the South Am relief effort in the Central American Wars, kibble provides a full day's supply of vitamin and mineral compounds, as well as a minimal amount of complete proteins. It features a fairly dry and grainy consistency similar to animal food, hence the name. Gross. This is pretty, I mean, it's just dog food. It's even made by Purina, so, like, yeah.
1: You now roughly 28% of foods are SCOPs, scops or single cell organic protein. Scop is a generic term for any food niche such as hamburger scop or chicken scop, broccoli scop, cheese scop and generally looks like any other food product. Soya has also been genetically tailored to fit any of the thousands of vegetable protein foods available.
0: The remaining 2% of food are considered fresh, or real foods and are available to the average millionaire. 3% of the population eats fresh foods more than once or twice a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I- A year.
0: Wow. A year. So, yeah, roughly 3% of the population considers themselves lucky to eat three fresh real food meals in a year. Three or more. But, like, it's probably still not a large number. That's crazy. Uh, With the contamination of almost all fresh water in the United States... Fresh foods are grown in sealed hydroponic gardens or imported from parts of Europe, Canada, and the old Soviet republics, which are considered the new breadbaskets of the world.
1: Crazy. I didn't know that it was that bad. Like, to think of not eating, you know, yeah, I buy trash, you know. I eat fast food. I, you know, uh, d- instant ramen packets, whatever. But then I also know how to like chop up my vegetables and make a good hearty stew at home. To think that I couldn't do that whenever, wow!
0: Like you're this 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 is this is the equivalent of eating McDonald's three hundred and sixty one days of the year
1: but not even mcdonald's like right because it's not even because mcdonald's is at least real meat it's not it's not fine fresh choice cut meat but in our world right now mcdonald's is at least a form of real food you
0: sure about that one you, know, you want to go on air saying that McDonald's has real meat?
1: I'm going to go on air and saying that at least their cheeseburgers are real meat. I'm not quite sure what's in those chicken nuggets. Okay. Okay. It's not high quality good meat. Alright. Post is judging me.
0: It's whatever. It's
1: fine.
0: Speaking of eating McDonald's though,
1: Almost all of the food consumed in 2020 is eaten out, and many apartments simply lack a kitchen. Most city streets are filled with vendors, and most vendors sell either hand foods or prepackaged meals, though occasionally a vendor may have a pot of fresh soup or noodles in broth. Real, fresh foods are usually only available in very expensive restaurants. I got
0: two comments on that, mm -hmm. which is one, I didn't even ever think about that. But yeah, V's apartment doesn't have a kitchen.
1: Oh. It's got a vending machine.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't have a kitchen, which I didn't think about the fact that it didn't have one until I read this. And I was like, shit, okay, you're right. You're absolutely
1: right and i'm like running through the other apartments the there's the once you start getting the higher the higher priced ones those ones start to
0: yeah but those are like the ones that would be available to corpos so how would judy afford her
1: apartment
0: she does i mean she does the brain dance editing. okay for for the moxes, like she gets paid to do that so she has a full kitchen too actually yeah uh but yeah and then the other thing was that like just imagine right imagine like you got to go to like a fancy high-end restaurant just to have like the opportunity to eat like broccoli like i like broccoli Uh, don't get me wrong like I, i i do like broccoli but it's like like, when you think about terms of, like, real fresh foods, like, like, you're eating, like, like, broccoli is a luxury item in this universe.
1: Yeah, I can walk to eat. I can go pick up a banana at 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that in Cyberpunk.
0: Yeah. It's wild, right? It's just wild. But anyways, uh, moving on, we're going to talk about the arts and philosophy of the cyberpunk universe. Uh, The 21st century has seen three major branches of philosophical thought. I thought this part was super interesting. Uh, Neoludism advocates for a return to a more personal society unmarred by technology cyberpsychosis, industrial waste and bioproducts. So those are like the monks that we encounter the ones that like abhor cyberware mm-hmm. like everything organic like that that's these are like monks that are like representing the neo-Luddism philosophy nihilism is a broad term for those that have given up on humanity entirely and are sometimes considered a sect of neo-Luddism. Are you pointing to me? Okay. But yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Can't be mad at that one. However, while Luddism believes that humanity has control of its destiny, Nihilists believe humans are no longer men, or people, sorry, but animals enslaved to the machines they have created.
1: Lastly, techno-humanism is a movement popular among the young crowd, academics, some rockers, and the net subculture. It primarily holds the belief that people are now in control of their own evolution, and that we cannot comprehend what will come next. As such, techno-humanists believe that humanity has the potential to create a new golden age. I could never.
0: Too much optimism.
1: The optimism? I was like, it's the optimism. It's looking towards the future with hope and shinies.
0: Hey, props to them. Part of, uh, actually a big part of the techno-humanism movement is the music. Uh, The American music scene is largely dominated by the rocker boy. A term for individuals within a movement of political rock. James' rocker boy Manson is considered the first rocker owing to his death in 1997, coining the term. Afraid to perform in America owing to threats from the military government, Manson was clubbed to death at an Amnesty International concert by armed British security thugs and galvanized a whole generation to become rockers. One of the first groups was justifiable homicide with their first nineteen ninety-eight album, Jury Trial. Until the return to civilian rule, no rocker was considered safe. That sounds like a fucking banger. (laughs) What's your favorite what's your favorite band? Like, you know? I'm really into samurai lately. and It's like, well, have you heard of justifiable homicide?
1: <laughs> what a name! Uh, uh, that, that like that. Oh, dude, I wonder. See, this is where the old the old samurai vendor could have thrown some of that stuff out there, like this, thrown in like little tidbits I'll like to that. Look in and see if like
0: any of the songs they have are like this group. I doubt it, but like maybe you could find like one in the entire like radio playlist for for cyberpunk twenty
1: seventy seven mm. quite possible now the cyberpunk playlist Johnny Silverhand and Carrie mm. are all over that and in They led the post-2008 resurgence of the genre with their band Samurai and have made it onto the top 10. Since then, rocker music has covered political, social, and economic activism. With the rise of cyberware, songs about techno-humanism have found their way into the rocker scene as well.
0: Um, Now, as we're all, or well, I guess not, maybe not all of us. But as me and Jin are probably super familiar, as well as other Americans that are listening, sports is a big deal. And it still is in Cyberpunk. Although, it's quite a bit more bloody than current sports. (laughs) Wait until you get a load of this. Oh my gosh. uh, So the 93 to
1: 94
0: Super Bowl saw all pretense of drug-free professional sports pushed aside, with six players dying in the game. I don't remember that one from our history. (laughs) During the collapse, professional sports died for over a decade. Violent blood sports became the norm amidst the chaos. Around 2002, the military government formalized augmented sports, the great stadiums of the pre-collapse largely disappeared, save for the Arrowhead Complex in Kansas City or the Giants Stadium in New York. And the golden age of professional sports was considered over with the last Olympic Games held in 1992. looking up the 93-94 Super Bowl?
1: No. Um... As of 2023, Charles Frederick Hughes is the only NFL player to die on the field during a game. Um, I would have to read faster. Uh, suffered an injury. So in 1971.
0: So. 93, the, the, the 94 Super Bowl gave a 600% increase on that death toll.
1: Sorry, getting off of real-world Wikipedia, because that actually looked interesting. International soccer was the only sport followed globally, and with the death of nationalism, corporations took over sponsorships of teams such as the Militech Rangers or the Orb Air Flyers. Uh, That sounds very NASCAR.
0: Yeah, makes sense
1: by 2008 the majority of soccer had cybernetic players thus the ball had to be changed to handle 500 psi impacts okay
0: just to keep in mind like your your the tires on your car are like an average of like 40 psi
1: yeah, wow yeah holy shit American football had regained popularity by 2020 and remains the most violent sanctioned sport in the country. I mean, also same here, but many old sports are still played. However, usually in scattered and disconcerted states. Golf is still enjoyed by corporate executives, but, Combat handball has largely replaced it and is considered in right now. Baseball is a primarily unaugmented sport, and almost no cyberware is used at all. While largely unpopular in America, it is the leading sport in Asia for young people.
0: Gang sports, called sticking, have largely replaced gang wars for minor offenses with bloodshed considered too costly with harsher police, police methods and killings. The gangs of Southern California largely resolved disports with a game called stickball. Combat sports, also known as death sports, are largely common in nomad and gang cultures economic and law enforcement pressures usually keep mashes from getting too bloody the closest thing to a nationwide big money death sport is the world kumite tournament some areas of the world and the free states sponsor prison inmate gladiatorial contests full contact obstacle courses martial arts death duels and other war games while technically illegal this does not stop the market from supplying demand.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, prison reform is needed so badly in the world of cyberpunk, and also in the real world right now. I was, I was like, what are you but- saying? <laughs> it's needed badly in our world? I know. But, I mean, like, last week, or... Er- The last time we talked was, like, the prison system, they force people into brain dances for, like, three years, and then wake up and make them go all Spartacus? Like, come on. What the fuck? I will say, though, it would be really interesting to watch. Not the gladiatorial conquest in prisons, but maybe cyber augmented soccer would actually make me want to watch it.
0: That'd be cool. I think it'd be cool. I do think like I don't know. This is like all of this is real fucked up, but I'd be interested in seeing it. I'm not gonna lie. One of one of my favorite books book series, um the Sword of Truth series, they have like uh they have like the enemy like army that they make constantly go against for the main series um, invented a sport uh, called Jala um, or like Jala Dijin which they call which translates to the game of life um, and it is super violent um, bloody and like people frequently die in it actually people root you on further when you kill one of the opponents during play um and it's like basically like you have a person who's the point man which is like a a quarterback essentially um but they're the only person that can score points with the ball which the ball is basically like a bowling ball um and so but like there's a whole part of it like one of the latter books is where the protagonist gets like captured and put into like the enemy camp um but because like You know, he's the protagonist, so he's OP. Um, But they put him on a Jala team, and he's the point man. And he basically uses it to disrupt the entire, like, army camp because they get so invested in his team. And he has to play against the Emperor's team. And the Emperor's team is... Well, the Emperor says that they lose even though they win, (laughs) basically. Um, but it's just, it's so violent, but it's really compelling, not gonna lie, like, with the way that they play things. So, I, I wouldn't be super into it.
1: That also reminds me of playing Oddball in Halo.
0: It's been a while since i played Halo, so.
1: That's where one person carries the ball, and then the, your other teammates are fending off the enemies. They're shooting people, so that way you can take the ball to the goal.
0: Gotcha. Okay, okay. I mean, I guess, I guess now that we've suffered all these sports injuries, it's time to wrap it up
1: with an ace bandage.
0: I hear you. You might, you might need a little bit more than that, but we we'll, we can start with that.
1: Okay if you would like to hear more from me head on over to the two girls one ship podcast where we analyze rate and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer
0: but <laughs> if you want more of me um check out the witcher lore cast um i'm gonna talk about all things witcher jen is wearing uh her patreon hoodie um from it and uh since you like cyberpunk you'll probably like uh the cyberpunk red live play podcast Cyberpunked, cyberpunk cyberpunk apostrophe d especially if you want more of me and genesis who just recently uh got her episode um that she has she guest starred for a portion of the show um and so those are just now coming out so if you want more both of us go check it out
1: And at the end of every episode, we shout out Miracle of Sound, thanking Miracle of Sound for allowing his music to be used, and we use the instrumental remix of his song, Neon Red. And so what do the people need to remember?
0: Stay safe in Noosa.
1: If you can Have you ever wanted to deep
0: dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shenko, And I'm Psych 88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.